A vast portion of professing Christianity is obsessed with a myth, a myth that clouds their understanding of the end times, that obscures other doctrinal truths of the Bible, and that provides false hope concerning the Great Tribulation and the days before the second coming of Jesus Christ. And yet it is widely believed. When I travel to various cities giving public presentations concerning the gospel of the kingdom of God and what to expect before Christ's return, some of the most common questions I receive are centered around this myth. So it's time we put that myth to rest. Join me for this episode of Tomorrow's World where we'll debunk the rapture myth. Warm greetings and welcome to Tomorrow's World, where we work to help you make sense of your world through the pages of the Bible. You know, if I had a dime for every time I've been asked about the rapture, I'd be a wealthy person. When is it coming? Is it before the Great Tribulation, during the Great Tribulation, or after? At the heart of most of these questions is a more fundamental one. Is the common belief in the rapture actually true? Today, we're going to tackle that question, and we're going to do it with irrefutable evidence from your Bible. We're also going to give you an opportunity to request our free DVD, Is the Rapture Your Incredible Future? Be sure to watch for the information you need to order your free copy. Now, let's begin by being as clear as we can. Before we can address what the Bible does or does not say about the rapture, we first need to define what we mean by the word rapture, because people use it to say many different things. Most use the word to indicate their belief that before Jesus Christ returns to rule the world and before the time of trouble and suffering known as the Great Tribulation, Christians all over the world will be raptured into thin air, taken to heaven. Those who are not Christians will simply see that many people have suddenly vanished without explanation. Planes will plummet from the sky as their Christian pilots disappear. Non-Christian husbands or wives will despair as they wonder where their Christian spouse has disappeared to. And as the world sorts through the mass disappearance, the Great Tribulation will be unleashed on those who are left behind, as the book series by Tim LaHaye and Jerry Jenkins worded it. Then three or seven years later, depending on who's explaining, Jesus begins his reign on earth. This idea of the rapture as being mysteriously and mystically whisked away from the earth is often associated with the words of the Apostle Paul, who says in 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verses 16 and 17, For the Lord himself will descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of an archangel and with the trumpet of God, and the dead in Christ will rise first. Then we who are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And thus we shall always be with the Lord. This is an important passage for those who believe in the rapture because in the Latin Vulgate translation of verse 17, the word for we shall be caught up is rapiemur, thus the rapture. But is Paul describing what many think of as the rapture, or is he talking about something else entirely? God wants us to read his word carefully, 
putting the details together to get the most complete picture we can, and that takes diligence. As Paul told the evangelist Timothy, be diligent to present yourself approved to God, a worker who does not need to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. Similarly, the prophet Isaiah wrote the following, Whom will he teach knowledge, and whom will he make to understand the message? Those just weaned from milk? Those just drawn from the breasts? For precept must be upon precept, precept upon precept, line upon line, line upon line, here a little, there a little. Let's do that. Let's rightly divide the word of truth and put the whole of God's word together to help us see the truth about the rapture theory and to understand what to truly expect of the end times. And since ideas differ so widely in their details concerning the rapture and what it really means, we're going to focus on Bible passages that will help us clarify the most common elements that are central in most people's beliefs about the rapture. So as the program progresses, keep in mind these three crucial questions. Will Christians vanish around the world without explanation? Will Christians be caught up into the air years before Jesus returns? And will Christians spend the great tribulation in heaven? Remember those questions. And as we look into what the Bible says will actually happen with true Christians at the return of Jesus Christ, you will see each of these questions answered plainly and simply in God's word. And when you do, you'll see that the popular idea of the rapture is a little more than a popular myth. If you're ready, we'll jump right in in our next segment. But first, let me pause briefly to give you an opportunity to request today's free DVD, Is the Rapture Your Incredible Future? This DVD compiles three powerful Tomorrow's World programs that shed light on misunderstandings most have about what the Bible actually says. You've probably never heard these topics explained as clearly and completely as they are in these videos. Take this opportunity to get a free copy of this DVD, and I'll be right back to examine what God himself reveals about whether Christians will mysteriously disappear. So don't you disappear. For today's free offer, call 1-800-236-0531. Or go to TWTV.org slash rapture. This clear and straightforward resource will help you understand this vital truth straight from the pages of the Bible. If you're calling for the first time, you will also receive a free annual subscription to Tomorrow's World magazine, six inspiring issues discussing news, science, and modern culture will help you make sense of your world from a biblical perspective. Call today and join millions around the world who are turning to tomorrow's world for truth, prophecy, and hope in these confusing times. Call now or go to twtv.org rapture. Welcome back. Let's start tackling our rapture questions. As we do, take note of the scriptures we read. We don't want you to just believe us. We want you to believe your Bible. 
So does the Bible teach that years before Jesus returns in visible glory to rule the world, Christians around the world will vanish and secretly be caught up into heaven right before the time of global horrors known as the Great Tribulation? No, it doesn't. We can begin to see this if we go back to 1 Thessalonians chapter 4. But this time, let's begin reading in verse 13. But I do not want you to be ignorant, brethren, concerning those who have fallen asleep, lest you sorrow as others who have no hope. For if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so God will bring with him those who sleep in Jesus. For this we say to you by the word of the Lord, that we who are alive and remain until the coming of the Lord will by no means precede those who are asleep. For the Lord himself will descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of an archangel, and with the trumpet of God, and the dead in Christ will rise first. Then we who are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And thus we shall always be with the Lord. Too many are so enraptured, pun intended, with seeing the rapture in this passage that they skip right over those elements that prove Paul is not talking about their idea of a rapture. For instance, Paul says that this is the time of the resurrection of those who died in Christ, those he describes as asleep, saying, the dead in Christ will rise first. He also says that the Lord himself will descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of an archangel and with the trumpet of God. This doesn't seem like a quiet, mysterious vanishing to me, more like a triumphant event announced to the world by the returning Jesus Christ. But my personal opinion doesn't matter, and neither does yours. Instead of settling for opinion, let's look into additional Bible passages that describe this event. As we read earlier, precept upon precept, line upon line, here a little, there a little. For example, the Apostle Paul describes the exact same event in another passage, 1 Corinthians 15. Let's read there starting in verse 50. Now this I say, brethren, that flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God, nor does corruption inherit incorruption. Behold, I tell you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, but we shall all be changed. In a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trumpet. For the trumpet will sound, and the dead will be raised incorruptible, and we shall be changed. For this corruptible must put on incorruption, and this mortal must put on immortality. Now notice, the dead are raised in incorruptible glory and the living will be transformed at that time as well, just as we read in 1 Thessalonians. Now is this done quietly? No, again, just as we saw earlier, this happens with the sound of a mighty trumpet. In a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trumpet, 
for the trumpet will sound and the dead will be raised incorruptible and we shall be changed. In fact, read that again carefully. It happens not just at any trumpet, but at the last trumpet. This implies that there's a sequence of trumpets and the resurrection and glorification of the saints occurs at the last of these trumpets. So ask yourself, is there any passage of scripture that describes a series of trumpets in the end times? Because if there is, then we have located the time of this resurrection and transformation of faithful Christians. And in fact, yes, the Bible does describe a sequence of trumpets. We don't need to guess or theorize or debate about it. The Bible makes it plain. And as it does, we will see the answers to our three questions beginning to take shape as well. But before we examine those angelic trumpet blasts, let me pause very briefly to give you another opportunity to request our free DVD, Is the Rapture Your Incredible Future? You need the life-changing answers these three Tomorrow's World programs hold. Again, the DVD is completely free. There are no strings attached and no one will ask you for a donation of any kind. Request yours right now and then I'll be right back to tell you exactly when the saints rise to meet Jesus Christ according to your Bible. This clear and straightforward resource will help you understand this vital truth straight from the pages of the Bible. Call now or go to twtv.org rapture. In our last segment, we learned that at the last trumpet, Christians will be resurrected and transformed and will meet Jesus Christ. And we can locate this exactly in the prophetic sequence of end time events using the seven seals of Revelation. The book of Revelation gives us a specific sequence leading up to Jesus' return and the commencement of the kingdom of God. Revelation chapter six reveals the seven prophetic seals of Revelation which the Apostle John sees in vision, opened in sequence by Jesus Christ to reveal the end time events ahead. The first four seals represent the four horsemen of the apocalypse, symbolizing global religious deception, warfare, famine, and disease. Verse eight says that power was given to them over a fourth of the earth to kill with sword, with hunger, with death, and by the beasts of the earth. The prophetic pathway continues with the fifth seal, describing a martyrdom of true Christians. In Matthew 24 and verse 21, Jesus describes this time saying, for then there will be great tribulation such as not been since the beginning of the world until this time, no nor ever shall be. This is a time so terrible that no time before nor after will ever compare. After two and one half years of this tribulation, the sixth seal is opened and the heavenly signs take place. A great earthquake, the sun darkened, the moon red as blood, the stars falling from the sky and every mountain and island on earth shaken. These announce that God and Jesus Christ are about to personally intervene in world affairs. That time is described by the prophet Isaiah 
as the day of the Lord's vengeance, the year of recompense for the cause of Zion. This year-long day of the Lord begins when the seventh seal of Revelation is opened. We read of this in Revelation 8, verses 1 and 2. When he opened the seventh seal, there was silence in heaven for about half an hour. And I saw the seven angels who stand before God, and to them were given seven trumpets. Finally, we see where a sequence of trumpets appears in end time events, exactly what Paul's description told us to expect. After the end time rides of the four horsemen, the great tribulation and the heavenly signs, we come to the series of trumpets indicated by the apostle Paul. And those first six trumpet blasts are devastating. One third of Earth's vegetation is burned up. One third of the seas become blood. One third of ships and marine life are destroyed. One third of the planet's waters become bitter. And one third of the sun, moon, and stars cease to shine. Then, in the most destructive military exchange in history, one third of mankind is obliterated. Joel chapter two calls the day of the Lord great and very terrible for a reason. It represents God's wrath unleashed on unrepentant mankind. Yet these terrors are only the first six of the seven trumpets. The seventh last trumpet is described in Revelation chapter 11 and verse 15. Then the seventh angel sounded and there were loud voices in heaven saying, the kingdoms of this world have become the kingdoms of our Lord and of his Christ, and he shall reign forever and ever. Paul says that at this trumpet, the seventh, declaring the authority of the kingdom of God over the world, the resurrection occurs. When faithful Christians, past and present, are gathered, glorified with immortality, and brought to meet Christ, to become his bride, and to participate in the vanquishing of his enemies and the inauguration of the reign of God's kingdom. All of this proves that this is no secret vanishing. In fact, Jesus Christ personally described this moment to his disciples to make the public nature of this event very clear. Read it for yourself starting in Matthew chapter 24 and verse 29. Immediately after the tribulation of those days, the sun will be darkened and the moon will not give its light. The stars will fall from heaven and the powers of the heavens will be shaken. Then the sign of the Son of Man will appear in heaven and then all the tribes of the earth will mourn and they will see the Son of Man coming on the clouds of heaven with power and great glory. And he will send his angels with the great sound of a trumpet, and they will gather together his elect from the four winds, from one end of heaven to the other. My friend, these passages are inseparable. Their descriptions of the end time events are consistent and in perfect sequence. The great tribulation, the heavenly signs, the seven trumpets, the revealing of Christ to the world at the last trumpet, and the resurrection gathering and glorifying of true Christians as the kingdom of God commences its glorious reign. 
And where will that reign begin? Not in heaven. Rather, as Revelation 5 says, those glorified Christians will have been made kings and priests to their God, and they shall reign on the earth. No one will vanish into thin air as unsaved loved ones wonder where they went. All eyes will see and all ears will hear. The rapture is simply a misunderstanding that conceals the magnificent truth of Scripture. Still, that might leave some worried. Does this mean that every Christian must go through the tribulation? No, it doesn't. Though some will, while others are protected, though not by a rapture. Who will be protected from that time and how will they be protected is exactly what we'll answer next. Before that, let me take just one more break to let you request our free DVD, Is the Rapture Your Incredible Future? It contains three full Tomorrow's World programs on topics you must understand. Your ultimate destiny, heaven, hell, and the resurrection, and will Christians be raptured? The Bible's message on these topics is more hopeful and inspiring than most have ever heard. You need the hope that only God's Word provides. Order your copy and I'll be back to explain who is protected during the Great Tribulation and how. For today's free offer, call 1-800-236-0531 or go to twtv.org rapture. This clear and straightforward resource will help you understand this vital truth straight from the pages of the Bible. If you're calling for the first time, you will also receive a free annual subscription to Tomorrow's World magazine, six inspiring issues discussing news, science, and modern culture will help you make sense of your world from a biblical perspective. Call today and join millions around the world who are turning to tomorrow's world for truth, prophecy, and hope in these confusing times. Call now or go to twtv.org rapture. Welcome back. At the beginning of our program, we summarized some major points about the popular belief of the rapture that we could examine in the light of Scripture. We asked, will Christians vanish around the world mysteriously and without explanation? We saw in the pages of the Bible that no, they will not. Christians will join Christ at the first resurrection, at the same time when all the tribes of the earth will see Jesus returning. Will Christians be caught up into the air years before Jesus returns to rule? Again, no, they won't. The resurrection of true Christians occurs when the very last trumpet is blown, when Christ is inaugurated as ruler of the world, only days before Satan is bound for a thousand years, as described in Revelation 20. Finally, will Christians spend the years of the Great Tribulation in heaven? Again, no. They rise to meet Christ at the commencement of his reign after the tribulation. Indeed, from that moment on, they will reign alongside him, ruling on this earth with him for 1,000 years. At the same time, some Christians will be protected during the tribulation, but they will be protected here on earth. 
While God reserves many details to himself, he does make this plain in a number of passages. For instance, in Revelation chapter 12, we read of the church in the end times symbolized by a woman persecuted by Satan the devil, symbolized by a dragon-like serpent. Starting in verse 14, we read, But the woman was given two wings of a great eagle, that she might fly into the wilderness to her place, where she is nourished for a time and times and half a time from the presence of the serpent. The time, times, and half a time here is the two and one half years of the Great Tribulation before the heavenly signs, followed by the year-long day of the Lord we read about earlier. This passage makes plain, too, that while a portion of the church is protected, she is not protected in heaven. Note that the passage says she's protected in the wilderness, a word which is never used by God to describe heaven in the Bible, but which he does use to describe locations here on earth. If we're going to let God interpret his own word, then we have to agree that Christians are going to be protected during the Great Tribulation, but that protection is not going to be in heaven as many Rapture fans would have us believe. It'll be right here, somewhere on planet Earth. But notice too, not all Christians are protected. As we read in verse 17, And the dragon was enraged with the woman, and he went to make war with the rest of her offspring, who keep the commandments of God and have the testimony of Jesus Christ. Yes, some Christians, the rest of her offspring, must endure the trials of the Great Tribulation and the anger of Satan. The distinction, one group protected and one sent into the Tribulation, is reflected in Christ's comments to the two prophetic end-time churches of Revelation 3. The zealous Christians of Philadelphia are told by Jesus that he will keep them from the hour of trial which shall come upon the whole world while the lukewarm Christians of Laodicea are told that they must buy gold from God, refined in the fire of persecution, and that they need his chastening. Those Laodicean Christians who must go through the tribulation are described as those unable to see their need to repent and to change, too self-satisfied in what they already believe they know, and too willing to compromise in their actions. There is a reason that Jesus Christ says to all of us concerning the times to come, watch therefore and pray always that you may be counted worthy to escape all these things that will come to pass and to stand before the Son of Man. Yes, there will be protection during the climactic, earth-shattering events of the end times, not a rapture off to heaven, but right here, somewhere on earth, for zealous, faithful Christians who are unwilling to compromise on the truth God has shown them. As Jesus warns us, whether we are part of that group or not is fundamentally up to us and the choices we make now. We pray that your choice will be the right one. And we pray you'll request a copy of today's free DVD and come back to join us again next week. When you do, Gerald Weston, Richard Ames, Rod McNair, and I will be right here waiting for you, ready to share the good news of the kingdom of God, 
the true teachings of Jesus Christ and the meaning of end time prophecies in your Bible. Until then, take care. For today's free offer, call 1-800-236-0531 or go to twtv.org rapture. Call today and join millions around the world who are turning to tomorrow's world for truth, prophecy, and hope in these confusing times. The preceding program is produced by the Living Church of God.